Welcome to Church Media HQ. My name is Luke Clayton, and I'm so excited that you've joined us for a brand new series that we're calling Reboot. Welcome to Church Media HQ, or welcome back. We have uh, not released a new episode in a while. We've kind of taken a break for the summer, but we're glad to be back with all new episodes and content and with a brand new teaching series that we're calling Reboot. And I think we're all asking this question, when is life going to be back to normal? And we're all wondering, uh, when is, uh, you know, things going to just go back to how they are? And oh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I think some things, to some extent, are really never going back to how they were. However, I think this is presenting us some new opportunity to kind of have a reboot, a restart, a, a refresh. Now, I used to work, unfortunately, in the IT help desk space, and definitely not one of my uh, fine moments of my career, to be honest with you. Not something I enjoyed doing, but I remember that I would get a support request, a help desk request, and there would be so many times that I would show up to help this person with their computer needs, and all we had to do was reboot the computer. We rebooted the computer, the device, and everything kind of ran smoothly. In fact, it got so, uh, it, it, that became so predictable that part of my process was, you're not allowed, I'm not going to come to you, I'm not going to come to support to your office, to where you're at, until you assure me that you've turned the computer off and turned it back on. Because it seemed like four out of five times, that is what fixed. All the system needed was a reboot. And whether we like it or not, that's what has happened in our society over the past few months, and it's especially affected the church, in that the church quite literally experienced a shutdown, or at least a shutdown to uh, our public ministry and our weekly services. And yes, it's not something that was enjoyable and certainly not something that would be sustainable in the long term, but... I think there's some positives that we can pull from this when we consider the idea of a reboot. When we think about a reboot, uh, one of the, the things that a reboot to a computer does is it refreshes the components. So whenever you restart that computer, there's all types of different technical components, the, the hard drive, the, the memory, the, the processor, the motherboard, all these fancy high-tech terms. They're all running there as part of components, keeping the machine up and going. Well, when you reboot, it kind of gives everything a chance to relax, even if it's for just a few seconds or a few minutes, just a quick little break. And then everything comes back on and fresh. And, and what this has caused many churches to do, and don't get me wrong, I understand the stress that went into trying to navigate a pandemic and a shutdown, but what it caused many churches to do was to take all the components and just turn them off. Extracurricular activities, events, even weekly services, everything got shut down. And now it gave it an opportunity to take a break. And now as we're coming back online, we're starting to see a lot of those components maybe running at better capacity than it ever was before. Another nice uh, uh, benefit of a reboot is it kills unessential tasks. So 
there's a lot of stuff on a computer, whether it's a Windows or a Mac, that is running in the background. Now, as someone who's in the creative space, I see this with the Adobe products a lot. The Adobe products, depending on which one you're using, particularly ones like After Effects and Photoshop, they like to hog a lot of resources from your computer. And sometimes they continue to hog resources after you've stopped using it. And many times when you reset a computer and you turn it back on, and once again, everything, it kills everything that's unessential. So all those background tasks that were running, those random things like with Adobe or whatever it may be, and if you're on Windows, it's even crazier, the amount of background tasks. Once again, I'm not trying to get too nerdy and techy on you, but it kills all of those unessential background tasks that are really just hogging, uh, hogging resources from the main functions of the machine. And while it might be hard to admit, I think that has what has happened in a lot of churches. Like I said, everything extracurricular, extracurricular got killed. It got cut off. And it got, uh, it went, if nothing else, it got, on, it was put on pause, put on hold. And now, as you're coming back online, as you're reopening, you may be asking yourself, wait, was this ever needed in the first place? You might be realizing that some of these maybe weekly or monthly or however often they were happening programs and activities, they actually were pulling valuable resources from what's most important. And then another thing a reboot does is it forces updates. So I, with my computer, I will ignore the updates all day long. I don't want the computer to update. I don't want to take the time for it to shut down and or, you know, restart and update and all that good stuff. But there comes a point with computers, both Windows and Mac, where finally it just forces an update and it forces you to restart. And it forces these very important, crucial software updates to be downloaded and installed on your computer. And I remember one particular instance where I was helping someone update their Windows computer, and you got that nice little spinning thing there on the screen telling you that it's updating, and no, it's going to take uh, five minutes, now it's going to take 18 minutes, now it's going to take eight hours. And, it was, it was, and this person got impatient, and they just unplugged their computer and plugged it back in. Well, what happened is when they restarted their computer, a bunch of, or one of their most essential uh, programs that they used was not working. And it was no longer working because they didn't allow the update to happen. And so with the shutdown, we've been forced to accept updates. We've been forced to use things like technology, church online, live streaming, social media, things that all existed before and maybe a lot of churches were dabbling in, they are now using on a weekly and daily basis. So there's a lot of benefit to a reboot that comes whenever something is restarted, whenever something is turned off and turned back on. So a couple of just practical applications I've seen, and I've actually gotten this from, from other church leaders that I've communicated with in the past few weeks, and this is what they are doing. And I just wanted to kind of run down a list of ideas of ways that you could make the most of this reboot. So many churches, I think one of the biggest areas is online giving. So probably the biggest addition I've seen in nearly every church is that some have finally introduced online giving or they have actually started using it. Maybe they had it and they weren't really pushing it and now they're pushing it. And in fact, I even talked to one church who said that their giving, believe it or not, actually increased after a few weeks of the shutdown because people that were not giving online 
we're now forced to use the online giving feature. And as you know, a lot of online giving platforms, in fact, almost all of them have an automated option so that these gifts become recurring. Uh, and, and it obviously, it takes the, uh, the, the forgetful factor out of it. People can't forget to give when they automate their giving, which is a very helpful thing. And, and I've even heard some churches say that because of this increase in online, in online giving, they n- intend to never again pass an offering plate, an offering basket, an offering bucket. And uh, I could see a lot of benefits to that moving forward. And so that is online giving. Another practical application area where this reboot applies is your actual weekly service and gathering schedules. Uh, So one assistant pastor told me that they've transitioned from having a more traditional uh, classes model on Sunday to offering more focused small groups throughout their week. They had to make that transition in order to virtually connect with people, and now they're keeping it even as they're physically coming back together. Uh, Another changed their entire weekly service schedule, and they shifted to a stronger emphasis on small groups. So before they were maybe offering multiple unique services a week, well, now they're just offering one uh, weekend service maybe at multiple times, and then they're uh, placing an emphasis on small group participation uh, and engagement in order for that additional growth. And then speaking of multiple services, so many churches uh, I've talked to, uh, before they only had one weekend or Sunday service, and now they're offering multiple services in order to create acceptable social distancing. And, and, And almost all that I've talked to, they intend to actually make this their kind of their new normal moving forward. And uh, there's so many benefits to offering multiple services on a Sunday or a weekend. It, it allows you to make more use of your building. It allows you to uh, uh, make, uh, help your capacity as it grows, uh, to make the most of the capacity of your, of your sanctuary, your auditorium as you grow. And so there's so much uh, benefit to that. Uh, another area uh, is this idea, and I'll, uh, I'll go, jump on this one quickly, of removing unnecessary print materials. Uh, And so one of my favorite remarks came from a pastor who said that he finally had an excuse to get rid of printed handouts and bulletins. Now, I think there is a value in print uh, in certain capacities, but I can definitely see how uh, I do know for a fact that printing, it's, it's, there's a, there's definitely a cost associated with it. And uh, people are, I can definitely see how people would be hesitant about accepting some type of handout. And now what the new, uh, what the new kind of buzz is uh, creating a touchless environment. Um, Then, uh, obviously, I think we talked about online giving, but I think the other biggest way that churches have obviously uh, taken or had to uh, make adjustments during the shutdown is upgrading their technology for church online. Uh, One church in particular that I've worked with throughout the pandemic, they completely overhauled their audiovisual, their camera systems. Uh, They they realized that they could rip everything out, they could make a mess uh, and get away with it because no one was coming to church. And so they completely ripped everything out, rebuilt everything, and made some amazing, much-needed improvements to their audiovisual and camera systems. And Every church, just about every church I know of at least, has done something during this pandemic to introduce uh, or improve their church online experience. Uh, Some of them, it was as small as starting 
a church online, maybe offering some type of, of a weekly live stream or pre-recorded. Uh, and then, like I said, others have really upgraded and, and taken advantage of this opportunity to upgrade their online experience. So before, churches that did not have an emphasis on digital ministry, they now realize the value of connecting with people outside of the church building uh, and have learned how to hybrid this digital and physical ministry, which has created a new term uh, that I've enjoyed uh, hearing and using, this term called fidgetal. So we are, I'm really excited in our next episode to talk to you more about this fidgetal concept. This is something that I heard first from Josh Ermler. He's the lead pastor of Fresno Church in Fresno, California. And being in California, the shutdown has been particularly difficult on him. And so in the next episode, he will actually be my co-host and is going to walk us through the process of how they created a truly unique and powerful digital experience. As we move into this new phase, I think we need to stop, and I know this, I know we need to stop longing to return to normal and determine that we're going to have a part in creating the new normal. Normal as we knew it is not going to come back uh, in the way that we thought. In a way, we have to create a new normal. We have to embrace it and create it. So many times the church has been guilty of lagging behind. We're playing catch-up. The, uh, the secular side of society is using new technology and using new advancements uh, to their advantage, and then we catch on five, ten-plus years later. I think now the church has the opportunity to lead the way in creating the new normal and setting the standard for digital and online reach in the future. Now, once again, join us for our next episode. Wherever you're listening or watching, be sure to subscribe, Facebook. You can like our Facebook page, and we'd love to hear from you. So if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, feel free to share a comment uh, below so that uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, if you like this content, if you find it valuable, please don't be a jerk and hog it all to yourself. Share it with someone. Share it with a church leader. Send a text. Blast it out on social media. It means so much to me when you do that. I really appreciate appreciate that when you help spread the word about this content. Well, until we come back together next time, I want to remind you, uh, I want to challenge you, uh, try something new. Just try it. I've never done it before, but try something new because it is always better to fail at the incredible than to succeed at the average. See you next time on Church Media HQ.